Welcome back to another episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan, joined, as always, by Will Schroeder, Startups.com CEO and founder and my partner and friend. Hey, Will, you want to talk about reputations? No, I, I want to talk about you just introduced me as your friend. I, I, that's the first time you've ever acknowledged in the, in the 10 plus years that we've known each other that we actually are friends. So I just I want to acknowledge that back. You truly are okay. a friend. Uh, don't worry. We can scrub that up and post. <laughs> oh, just I'm just that. trying to help your reputation here. This is all going to feed into some good stuff for this episode, right? Like, oh, he's a friend of Ryan's. Well, hell. Well, In- instant credibility boost. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not true. I've acknowledged you as my friend several times. Once because I thought you were related to the cop that had me pulled over, but turned out not to be true. <laughs> that's a good time for it. It's odd, but apparently uh, last names are a better indication of relationship than first names. He was also a Will, so, you know, I tried. Ah, well, you know. All right. Back to business. <laughs> back to business. So let's, let's talk reputation, man. Uh, it's, it's one of those, those assets that, that we know exists. Um, can be extremely hard to understand uh, which direction you're building and, and has long-term and, and massive impacts on, on you know, your, your standing as a founder, your ability to grow your business. Um, for good or for bad. Uh, so let's, let's dig into it, man. I think, I think we all implicitly understand um, resumes. You know, here are yeah. the things that I've done in my resume kind of opens doors. Here's maybe where I went to school or here's the last job I had. And yeah. we all understand how collectively over time uh, our resumes become a big deal and, and we should invest in those resumes. But I, I don't think that a lot of founders understand um, how important their reputation is. And how your your reputation, your resume aren't the same thing at all, and and your your reputation is very hard to build and very easy to destroy. It's 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 one of those things where um, all of your actions cumulatively start to add up over time, and we're in a business where our reputation really matters, but a lot of us don't realize how important it is. Until later on in our lives, when we've you know, <laughs> built the reputation, good or bad, uh, and have come to rely on it, and, and I think you know we should just spend some time talking about where and how our reputations get built, why they matter, how easy they are to screw up, and what the cost is if we don't get really serious about managing our reputations. You know, and 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 of course the actions that come with building our reputations. Yeah, sure. Right. And and a lot of them are not obvious, right? I think there's a lot of things and and in fact if we go back through the podcast catalog, um, there are a number that we've we've talked about that absolutely feed into the relationship. The one that jumps to mind uh most most strongly was treating uh employees who who are leaving the company as if they're they're you know current prospects, right? And and how you treat absolutely. those folks on the way out. Um, those kind of things definitely Definitely feeds strongly into into reputation, and I like the analogy uh, of the of the resume and and using that as kind of the antithesis here because they are similar and yet they're they're absolutely not the same thing. Um, in fact, you know, your your resume is what you say about yourself, um, and I would say your your reputation is what everybody else says about you, right? When you're not around, that's that's a that's really well put. Um, and you know, your resume is telling telling me what you've done, but your reputation tells me who you are. Yep, exactly. And when it comes down to it, um, I, I, I'd say particularly early in our careers, one of the challenges that we have is that uh, we're still kind of thinking in a vacuum. We just haven't been around long enough um, in the world, particularly as a founder in a lot of cases, to understand how critical 
that currency is, uh, you know, for, for us as, uh, uh, as founders and folks building the business. But I think what, what happens is we get into this, this position where um, we, we make maybe harsh, quick, rash decisions without recognizing that making ourselves feel good or solving the problem for the moment may seem to, like, like the right decision at that moment, but it has a heavy, heavy cost on our reputation as founders. Uh, and and let, me, let me just provide a, a simple example just so we're all kind of on the same page. Um, we take on someone in our startup, an employee. Uh, they come on board and just for whatever reason, things don't work out, right? Um, and we get all frustrated. You know, Maybe they're behind in timelines. They missed a sale. They did whatever they did to, to, uh, to upset us. And uh, we let things get heated. And, you know, we make a whole thing where we push them out the door. In our mind, at that moment, problem solved. We hired this person. They did a bad job. We made sure they got the hell out of here. And now we're moving on. That is exactly not where that ended. And I think this is kind of just the, 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 the whole understanding of where our reputations are challenged and how they're, uh, you know, permeated throughout the, the, the marketplace. That person that left, that we just you know ceremoniously fired, is then going to go tell everyone what an asshole we are, <laughs> right? Yep. And, and and by the way, like if someone had a great experience with you, they might tell one person, probably right. zero. But if they have a shitty experience with you, they'll tell everyone. Yeah. I mean, that's what Glassdoor is for. Oh, yep. that's what every review site is for. Right. But the the, <laughs> the whole point is, um, you know, your the amount of impact you make. When you do something good, you know, for your reputation, in many cases, is like a firecracker. Like, what, what were those little things that used to throw on the ground? They were made of paper and they had a little, little snap snaps. to them. Snaps, I think they were called. Yep. It's snaps, exactly right? Done. Yeah. Yep. It, like, like I, in, in my mind, I always picture doing something good is just like creating a little snap. Yep. Doing something bad, <laughs> no matter how bad we think it, it is or how bad it's yep. not, um, is an M80 at best or a atom bomb. At worst, right, right. The worst part about it, the person who decides what, <laughs> yep. what that is, is the person who's on the ass end of that. Yeah. Be it an investor, an employee, a customer, you name it. Yeah, you don't get to control that at that point. It it goes exponential or it doesn't, but it's completely out of your control from the point you make that decision to leave it that way and put that power into their hands. Uh, you've 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 done it to yourself at that point. It, but then it grows. See, because. Think about anybody you've ever talked to where um, they made a comment about somebody. And, and, and you know, you, you, you take the gravity of that comment or that, that assessment um, based on who's giving it and kind of what they said. But then you hear it twice. And you're like, well, you know, like I may have had some questions the first time, but if I'm hearing this twice, like that, that must really be true. And then maybe you hear it a third time, right? Well, you know. Geometry taught us this, right? Once you've got two points, you can start to draw lines. And, and if those lines point the right direction, or the wrong direction, uh, you're likely to follow them, right? It doesn't take a ton of data, um, particularly if it's coming from trusted sources, you know, people that you know well and, and they have a good reputation with you. Um, you know, you're going to listen to what they're saying. You're going to, you're going to feel what they're feeling. And that can either go north or south, depending on how you've treated those folks. Well, okay. And so let's take it at its foundation though. Let's talk, talk about why we're saying, um, hey, you're going to do bad things that are going to tarnish your reputation. We're saying that because 
specifically founder reputations are so easy to tarnish. Yeah, and and, and sure. I, I don't think people realize it has nothing to do with you being a founder. It has to do with when you become a founder, you're then going into the total unknown. You're going to start a business that's never existed before, working with people who have never had this job before at this company, selling to customers you've never had before in a market <laughs> yep. you've never been in before. A product that doesn't exist. With investors right? you've never been. <laughs> yeah. Like everything that could yeah. go wrong is about to go wrong. Right. right. So let, hang on just a second, because there was, there was something that occurred to me before, and, and I think it's important. As we were talking before about building the reputation and the fact that it's starting to build before we realize it, um, I think one of the reasons that's so problematic and, and the reason that it, that it exists in the first place, this idea that you know we're not really seeing it happen, the early stages of, of starting a company, it's, it's like a series of first dates or first impressions, right? And it just happens over and over and over again. But it all feels very transactional, right? And, and you may not get that second shot on goal with somebody for, for months or years. You may never come back around to that client again. And so I think that's part of it, right? You don't immediately feel the cost, right? You can, you can feel the benefits of a good reputation. If you got a name that gets you through a door or something like that, that's great. Um, but you don't necessarily feel the negative impacts of the reputation until much later, right? And, and so I think it's, it's really important to go back and, and kind of think about that. Think about your interactions now, um, all of them, right? And, and you know, I don't want to get you into some sort of endless mind loop here where you're, you're overanalyzing every action you take. But on the other hand, they have more gravity than you're probably giving them uh, at this point, right? And so do be careful and do consider all these little actions, whether it's firing somebody, how you treat a client, right? How you leave somebody that says no to you today um, may impact whether they say yes or no to you again uh, the next time it comes back around. It's not obvious in the beginning because it just seems like everything is brand new. To your point, you know, you're basically building on quicksand and and everything is nascent, right? From the, the investors you're working with, Correct. your team, your right. product, all of it's brand new. But it doesn't stay that way. It doesn't stay that way for very long at all, right? And, and things do start to repeat. Right. You do start to run into the same people. Um, your customers talk to each other at some point, right? And so all of these things do start to stack up. All right. I surrender my, my soapbox. Um, you know, treat it with appropriate gravity. Well, no, no. But, but that, that this is sort of the point. It, it, it's particularly hard for founders. And, and for the folks listening, you know, if you're in your first year, second year, third year, et cetera, one of the things that we often do is we compare kind of, you know, uh, our resume building slash reputation building with what it would have been like at an established company. At an established company, you can still be a jerk, right? And people still not like you. But the gravity of you being a jerk isn't nearly as significant it is as it is here. Here, when you're a jerk, you affect so many people, um, investors, customers, employees, like everyone is connected to you doing something to tarnish your reputation as a founder. And everything is going against you. The probability that you're going to be successful with this venture at all is already incredibly low. If you show up at Google and you do really well or really poor, no one cares, right? Because... Google's already been built. Google's going to be fine with or without you. It actually doesn't matter what you do there. And I'm, I'm not saying that it's, it's so fatalistic. I'm just trying to say you singularly don't have enough power to, to dramatically change the outcome of that, of that company. Maybe you can improve right. things, but even if you're the worst person ever, it'll be just fine. Conversely, right. it'll be a couple comments in an HR file and it ends there. Yeah, exactly. Right. Uh, your footnote somewhere, a cautionary tale, maybe at, at a lunchroom. Uh, but that's it. Yep. At best. Yep. But once you leave Big Co 
and you're running your own show, you know, you're running your own startup, the mistakes you make uh, are going to be plentiful because you're trying to make decisions with data that doesn't exist yet. So you're <laughs> yeah. going to make lots of bad decisions. You have to. There's, there's kind of no way around it. You're going to have to hire people that were clearly the wrong people, not just because maybe their skill sets didn't fit up, but because you had so little data about exactly what you were going to need when you hired them. That by the time yeah, the yeah for sure yeah by the time the rubber meets the road, you're like oh well uh, that was a bad hire yep. okay, well that's tough to build a good reputation when you're letting people go. It's tough to build a good reputation when investors are giving you money and you're not giving it back, right? <laughs> when they're like you know you're on your second or third <laughs> well, ask. It's very easy to build a reputation that way, not a good one, but it's very easy yeah, to build a yeah, reputation based on that point, data, right? Yeah. Um, and, and the list goes on, but the point is, and I think this is what we need to be very cognizant of, is that the business of starting a startup is going to make, is going to put our reputations to the test because lots of negative stuff is going to happen and how we handle that negative stuff is going to define who we are. I'll give you some examples. Uh, early in my career, when, uh, when I'd run into different problems. I was so tunnel vision around solving that problem for that moment. It didn't occur to me yet what the ramifications of doing the wrong thing were going to be. And to be fair, I didn't even know I was doing the wrong thing. I just, again, I just didn't know. And so maybe I fired someone too quickly, right? Or maybe I didn't, uh, you know, let them go in, in, in the proper way. Again, nothing totally horrible, but the point is it sort of doesn't matter. Um, Ryan, what I didn't understand was, let's say when I was letting someone go, in my mind, again, being very myopic and very young at the time, uh, this person didn't do a great job. I had full justification for letting them go. Um, and that was just a person that was in our P&L that wasn't getting paid anymore. That yep. was my version of it, right? <laughs> not, yep. not being totally dehumanized here, but by the way, I'm just saying that like the 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 level of of pain and suffering seemed to be relatively specific. What I failed to understand, and this again all maps back to my reputation, is that for that person, that might be the only time in their life they've ever been fired. And so while that was a blip in my calendar for the day, that was at the top of their highlight reel. That was, wa was waking them up 10 years from now, you know, having recurring nightmares. That's how significant that event was to them. Now, the, the, the trick with that is everything that I'm doing, every decision I'm making, while it may not look like it has a lot of importance to me, has a lot of importance to them. And that's the mouthpiece of my reputation. Didn't understand that at the time. I definitely understand that now. Yeah. Now it's so hard. It's, it's impossible to see in, in some case. I mean, with examples like this in hindsight, I think it's easy to see that. Like there are certain situations where, um, you know, we can, we can sort of sort out, there's a best practice for this and there's a way to avoid some of these challenges. Um, going back to uh, an interesting, you know, kind of case study in this in, in my early career, as I was building my digital agency, I, I started realizing that there was, there was a lot of scope creep happening, that margins on projects had, had started to fall off. And, and as I started to dig into uh, to, to some of the projects, I realized that there were things you know, well outside the scope um, that, that we were doing for some of these clients uh, that, that we really shouldn't have been doing. And, you know, as I, as I went to uh, probably four or five of these clients that were the, the, the worst offenders, 
um, I started to get this feedback from them. They're like, oh, but Ryan, but that's, that's why we love you guys. That's why we love you guys because you won't say no, right? We love you because you'll continue to do what we ask, even you know if it wasn't originally in the briefing or whatever, and you don't usually ask us to pay more. And, and I realized like, you know, so they were taking this as a very positive thing. Um, and so I had this, I had, we had a reputation as a company that, you know, we were very flexible and easy to work with. Um, but that, that turned into us getting, you know, kind of manipulated, pushed around, abused by our clients. Right. And so, you know, it wasn't something negative that we were doing, um, but it had a negative impact. Right. So it was in theory, that was a good reputation. Um, but that piece of the reputation had a bad impact to, to margins and to the health of the company. Um, and boy, was it hard to to unwind right because as they said like i I heard this from three out of the five was like we love you for this reason like well that's not why i want to be loved i do want to be loved don't get me wrong uh but not for that and and so it took some some doing to unwind that and some very careful um communication with all future clients to make sure we didn't end up back in that same position um and you know we eventually got around it but it was one of those things where we didn't see it happening at the time um but then our reputation even in this case it was you know a positive uh uh, light being cast on us by the clients, um, but it still had negative repercussions in the business. Uh, so the, these things can crop up from so many strange and, and unexpected places. You've got to be super careful. There's also another part of it too, is like, uh, imagine you've read a book and at the end of that book, you know, you, you read the last words and that's how you remember the book. Yep. Now in our lives, we forget that people remember us based on the last interaction they had with us. Yes, we may have changed dramatically since then, but all they remember is the last page they read in the book, right? Yep. So stick with that for a second. Maybe we were an overbearing jerk for years and we just, you know, at the time we didn't understand it. We were, um, you know, we were uh, young and and we overcame it. And now we're wonderful. Doesn't matter. All people remember is that we were a jerk. Like no one is going to take the time to kind of, you know, relearn how we are now. To give you a sense for this, this always cracks me up. When, when I was early in my career, um, I was the idiot douchebag driving around, driving to work in a red Lamborghini, right? With spiky hair when I was 25 years old, right? Having come <laughs> back from the nightclub, right? I, mean, I love those uh, pictures. Uh, oh my God. Like, that's a whole other <laughs> episode. So good. But, but uh, that's how people remember me. You know, I, I'm an old man now, right? Uh, and, and so, and, but when people see me from that era, that's the last page in the book, right? Um, and as far as they're concerned, that's who I am. It doesn't matter that like my life's changed dramatically. That was like 20 years ago. It was longer, right? Uh, and I'm just, I, I go to bed before dark now. Right? <laughs> um, like it, my life's completely different. But that was the reputation that I, that I forged. And what I can't do, I can't undo that. Right, all of those things that are imprinted make it damn near impossible to undo. And what's interesting too is, it's like the good stuff you don't want to undo, right? You know, if they heard like you know you were the you're the uh, the high school champion in, in football or something like that you want people to remember those, but those aren't the things you're you're ever trying to undo. It's you're trying to undo all the the negative stuff, which in my recollection with other people's reputations and my own, it's really hard to do. Which is goes back to why we need to take it so seriously to begin with. But before, so I, I, I do want to comment on this. And, and before we, I don't want it to sound like all doom and gloom either, right? And I know you're not saying that, but I, because we keep talking about the negative aspects of this, 
the same is true for positive interactions, right? And and so while you know we may the last interaction with one individual may have been may have been negative, may have been poor. We fired them and we were having a bad day, so it was it was a bad interaction. Um, they go and talk to somebody or two, three somebodies that know us. If the if the good interactions were the last ones that we had with those folks, those stand up too, right? And I, I've had this I've had this conversation countless times, I mean, hundreds of times, where it's like, oh man, so and so, you know, this happened. He's such an asshole. And I'm like, oh. Yeah, that's interesting because, you know, the last time I talked to him, this is what happened. And, you know, like we were, we had a great time, you know, it seems, seems to be, and he was good spirits. We had, you know, it was good interaction, whatever. Um, so you get the benefit as well, right? So I would argue to our point earlier, right? There's a reason that, you know, review sites are named things like Yelp because they tend not to be good feedback. So bad news travels far faster, but you do still get the benefit of the long lasting good impressions as well. So, you know, I don't want you to think that like it can all just get blown up in an, in an instant. Um, the good stuff lasts too. I'm glad you brought that up because I, I think we should talk about the other side of it, which is our reputations are our ultimate currency. So let's talk about what that currency buys us, right? Maybe I think we can, we can all get a sense for what it costs us. If, if you have a shitty reputation, bad things happen, right? Um, but let's talk about where a good reputation gets used. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, everywhere. everywhere you can. And, and let's, let's also talk about the fact that yeah. as founders, our that currency, our reputation, our social currency is so important. And people say, oh, well, I guess it's it just it just must be important. No, no, no. Your reputation as a founder will open up more doors than your resume ever will. Your reputation is why people don't take your your meeting without even telling you that they're not going to take your meeting or conversely open up your email when they otherwise would have had no idea who you are. Um, so I, I've seen the, um, the other side of it, you know, the other side of, um, of, of a founder reputation where when things started to go well for me and I, and I was known as a successful entrepreneur where people would take my calls, people would take meetings with me, people would want to come work with me uh, that I'd never met before because they heard I had a good reputation. Um, and that is, there's, that's interesting. There's no amount of, um, money or any other kind of resource that I could have used that has nearly as magical of an effect as having a good reputation that precedes you. Again, we've already talked about the negative part, but a good reputation, uh, a good reputation got me intros to almost a hundred different venture firms, right? People who didn't know me from Adam. But they knew my reputation, and they knew that I had done, you know, had some some success before, um, and and they wanted to 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 take the meeting just in case. I take meetings all the time based on people's reputations, right? Because you know, hey, if, if everybody says they're successful, you know, maybe they're successful. Well, how interesting is that? I mean, think about what's actually happening there, Will. So you, you're allowing somebody to walk in on their reputation, but that reputation is probably based on, you know, if you're being introed by somebody else, it's actually the reputation of the person who's introing totally. you. Totally. 100%. And their opinion of this other person's reputation, right? So it's, you know, you're, there's such an interesting compounding effect there whereby um, at early stages, if we don't have enough of a reputation to walk into places, we rely on the reputation of people that we know who do have a good impression of us to get us in the door, right? It's, it is such a powerful asset. Well, actually, but stick with that. Okay. Cause I, I think that's a really important point. Um, that goes back to the fact that when we establish a bad relationship, you know, it has this kind of negative cloud. 
But the good relationships aren't just one relationship. It's a it's a web of relationships. So I've got like somewhere north of like 10,000 contacts that I've individually entered into my phone over the years. So I mean, that's that's meeting a lot of people over a long period of time. Yes. That means it started back on like a Nokia 2100. Oh, I <laughs> started on a uh, an actual Rolodex card, right? But you know, but what's interesting about that is over the years that network um in in that that reputation that spread across that network has opened so many doors. And what's interesting, it always ends up opening doors that you don't even know you're supposed to open. It's someone that out of the blue, like you know, I was just got off a, a, a call prior to this with some uh, a founder who had had a huge exit, um, works at a private equity firm. And you just want to catch up on stuff. Um, and I would have never met him in a million years. Our paths would have never crossed. But because of his reputation and maybe some degree my reputation, all of a sudden we're having this this amazing uh, chat. And also, what's interesting, and again, I, I kind of want to lead into this as well, it changes how the chat starts. Okay. Early in my career, when nobody had any idea who I was, I'd walk into a room and I'd spend like half the meeting just trying to establish a little bit of credibility, right? And, and, and yeah. often not get there, <laughs> right? Right. I was going to say it and fail. Yeah, and fail, yep. and fail. And it was such an uphill battle every single time. And the, the, the converse of that, having a good reputation, being able to walk in the room and people already like you, like they already want yeah. to say yes. And now they're trying to figure out a reason to say no is yeah. such a powerful, powerful tool. And again, well, you, you touched on something. It's a, it's a great point. And I, I hadn't actually considered it. I do it all the time, but I had never really thought about, I had never thought about it in terms of reputation or, or really just kind of put a label on it. But I make introductions to people all the time that they're not expecting. To go back to your, your point about, you know, these, you know, this unexpected conversations, unexpected doors opening. I introduce people all the time based on my impression of their collective reputations, right? So I'm looking at, you know, John over here and, and Gina over here. And I'm going, you know what, based on what I know about these two people, they need to meet. They don't know that they need to meet. I know that they need to meet because of their reputations. And it, it really does. It happens all the time. I do it all the time. It happens to me constantly where somebody's like, you need to talk to so-and-so. You guys are going to hit it off. You'll be great. You both talk about the same shit that's absolutely boring <laughs> to me. Um, so you need to talk to each other. That's actually, yeah, yeah. that's how we met. That was Perry's ah, right. comment to me on the introduction. He's like, you guys both bullshit about startups constantly. You should be talking to each other. I'm yeah. a corporate guy. I don't want to hear this <laughs> shit point, anymore. Though. Right. And so that, that was how we got into it. Right. Over time, as you as you build this this solid, consistent reputation, as you plant lots and lots and lots of seeds toward a positive reputation, and, and you you really curate that reputation, and I don't mean artificially, I mean you take the moment when you can tell that what you're about to do might have a long term uh, negative impact on your reputation, and you do something about it, right? In other words. Early in my career, I would have said, hey, if someone needs to be fired, the answer is they need to be fired, right? And I left it at that. And it wasn't that I was entirely insensitive. I just didn't understand the bigger picture. I just didn't. I was, as, again. Nor, nor entirely wrong, right? I mean, you're not wrong at all, right? If somebody needs to go, they, they do need to go at some point. C correct. Yeah. Like I was fully justified. Like, uh, uh, you know, in a court of law, no one could question the fact that I was on the right side of it. The person had done something wrong. But you can fire somebody in a hundred different ways. <laughs> yes, you can. We've tried most of them. 
Well, yeah, it's, 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 it's not unilateral, right? It's not like there's only one way to fire people. You can, you can send people out, uh, you know, like an ultimate gentleman or the devil, right? That's up to you. And, um, what I started to learn over time was number one, there's never mileage in being a jerk to anyone. So, you know, there's that, but the other side of it is, um, how that person, um, departs is a huge deal, right? And again, we, we keep talking about employment just because that's such a common thing among people. Um, but it's customer disputes, right? You, you, your customer says, hey, you guys are in the wrong. You should make this right. And there's part of us that's saying, you know, pardon my French, fuck this guy, right? You know, like, like he totally screwed us over and blah, blah, blah. But if you really understand how important your reputation is, um, you start to say, ah, yeah, I'm, it really grinds me to do this. But I don't want to poison the well, right? And, and maybe, maybe this person will never mention my name again and all of my effort is in vain. But maybe not, right? <laughs> maybe not. Maybe uh, this is the one person that's going to be the biggest thorn in my side ever. And just by not giving it the consideration that I could have, just treating the situation differently, I'm going to kind of take away from you know my own reputation, that of the company, and again, at the cost of a lot of other people connected to this. I, I think... It's just a whole consideration of the mentality that, that you have to approach this with. For sure. And so uh, what I'd also kind of like, like to get into, you know, we're talking about the, it's your ultimate currency because it, it gets you investor intros and, and, uh, and customer intros and, you know, it gets the, the best people to want to come work for you. Um, what we, we tend to overlook is those reputations, kind of like, you know, how we, we interact with people, um, I like to say are forged at the extremes. And, and here's what I mean by that. It's in the best of times and the worst of times. Um, that tends to be when people remember us most. Yep. You know? That's why we keep going back to, to firing as an example, right? Because it's an extremely personal moment for that person. It will be forever etched in their memory. You never forget getting fired, apparently. Uh, it's never happened to me. I have no <laughs> idea. Um, <laughs> so, and, and that, that's why, right? Because it's, it's such a personal moment and it hopefully, you know, in, in most people's career doesn't happen that often and it's always memorable. Um, and that's why it's, it's so important. It is one of the extremes, it's perhaps the most extreme thing that can happen in the context of, of employment. Right. So of course people are going to remember that. So yeah, absolutely. You know, a, a common one that I see, and I think folks can relate to this, uh, nothing to do with employees is your relationship with investors. Uh, Again, very similar. Uh, angel investors, let's say, put some money into your company, and inevitably you run out of it, and you know you're you're struggling to, to get more, and they don't want to put more in, and all of a sudden the, the this is this is where the this the strain starts. At the time, all we're thinking in, in our minds are we need more money. They're not giving it to us. You know, bad on them. Um, as the company starts to descend further and we, we, we can't raise more money and we're starting to realize that, that them not putting in more money is actually going to be uh, our downfall. And the, and the tensions go up even higher because now it's not only us losing the company, it's also them losing all their money. Things get worse and worse and worse. One of the things that, that uh, because we've never gone through this before, that we tend to not recognize is that's just a moment in time, Right. This is just one deal that we're going to do. And at the time, it feels like everything. We put everything we have into this. This was it. Nope. This is just one of many years. Now, in that moment when we're all pissed off and we say and do horrible things um, to kind of damage the relationship and damage where and how we're remembered, 
And it's not just with investors because if things are going south, all of a sudden things get really tense with the employees, with customers, with partners, and everything. everybody else connected to this whole thing. Uh, even the press, if it's being reported on it externally. Um, if we zoom out, if we can, if we zoom out and say, look, this is, you know, we're about to go through a really shitty period, but I have to recognize that my reputation is going to exist long beyond this. No matter how bad things get for me today, I still need to have a viable reputation next year, the year after, and the year after. By the way, regardless of whether I'm going to start another company or not, because <laughs> my reputation still has the same currency of opening up lots of other opportunities to me. But that's generally, in my, in my experience, not how a lot of people treat it. A lot of people treat it, hey, this investor owes me. Uh, hey, this investor screwed me. And therefore, um, if, if they don't do what I want them to do, um, I'm going to go nuts. Right. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to I'm going to burn everything down in my wake. Uh, man, uh, it doesn't work. The other side I was just going to uh, going to mention is that when things are going well at a company, you can kind of, you know, build a good reputation. You gave people raises, you know, you did a lot of positive things. But when things are going south, and this doesn't have to be the company going out of business. It could just be a bad year or anything else like that. COVID for what just happened. That's when you really get to see who people really are, and by way of that, how their reputations really stand out. For sure, you know it's interesting as we've been talking through this. I've been thinking about how many analogs there are to to parenting oh yeah. <laughs> in terms of my re my reputation with my kids, right? And and those are absolutely forged at the extremes. So are other people's reputations. Even like, I'm going to carry the parenting analogy here, right? Like everybody's everybody's a great parent when things are going right, smooth. Right. When we're at the picnic and everybody's having fun, every dad's the greatest dad, every mom's the greatest mom. You know, the minute the shit hits the fan, and you get to see how those parents react when their kids aren't being perfect angels, or at least they're within earshot so their parents can hear what assholes their kids are being, um, the reputation can change very, very quickly. And I always try to remind myself of this. And I think it's a bit easier as a parent, not that it's easier as a parent, but it's easier to see the impact, right? And so, because we know Unlike those, you know, I was talking about early on, the, the first impressions, the first dates, all these one-off exchanges you have with people, with your kids, you know, it, you know, you got them for the next 18 to, you know, 96 years. And so I think that it's a little, it's a little easier to remember that what I say in this moment, right, the way the, you know, the way I react to this accident, the, the spilled milk or the, the cut on the knee, um, that's going to have long lasting repercussions. And, and how they remember me in this moment matters, right? Because we have a long relationship ahead of us. Um, and, and so, you know, in that, same, in that same vein, how we react in these, these moments of crisis or, or moments of pure splendor and joy are how we will be remembered, right? Because for everybody, it's those moments that get imprinted on our brains. And so, you know, it, it is absolutely so critical that, that we, you know, we're able, you know, even in the heat of the moment to stop and say, hey, right? This has lasting impact. This has repercussions beyond the objectivity of this decision. And I think, you know, as parents, it's a bit easier to do. As, as founders, we're so used to having to make gut calls and quick decisions and, and act on our instincts when data doesn't exist, that we can forget that we have to go beyond that transactional moment in which we're making a decision because a lot of what will happen and a lot of the outcome of that decision has nothing to do with the, the decision itself and it's, it's how we execute it. 
and it's so easy to overlook um, and it can come back and, and haunt you for damn sure if you do it wrong. It can. And, and I also think that, you know, when we think about uh, the long term kind of reputational impact, uh, we also have to consider the fact that we essentially manage two reputations. We manage our own reputation and the company's reputation. Right. Yep. So we yep. also look at kind of some of that short term thinking saying, hey, if, if we do this, this, this big price change and really kind of like, you know, piss off our customers. It's not just the customers we have now that we're pissing off. It's all the ones that yep. are going to come later that are going to read reviews that yep. are, that are going to um, yep. to hear about kind of how we act as a company. Like, you know, uh, I don't want to be treated like that. So I, you know, uh, so I'm never going to sign up to begin with. And I think if if we really talk about reputation, reputation isn't just the things that you 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 get in the doors that it opens. It's all the things you'd never get and you didn't even know it, right? Your reputation, a bad reputation, are all the good people that w- that would have worked for you, but heard about you and never even talked to you. A bad reputation is when an investor uh, gets an email that you know you send them an email, say, "Hey, I'm interested in talking," and they ping their buddy, and their buddy says, "Yeah, that person's an asshole," um, and yeah. you never you, you you never understand why they didn't respond. Maybe they didn't get you. Your never email. know. No, about they it. got it. They just your yeah. reputation prevented you from getting a response, and anymore with how quickly everyone's connected all the time, you can't escape negative reputations, right? And, you know, some of them are warranted, some of the things you actually did wrong. And, and some of them aren't, you know, sometimes there's just one person that you rubbed the wrong way and maybe maybe they deserve to be rubbed the wrong way. Um, and they're all over social media, you know, just just trashing you. And it's, it's not warranted, but it's real. Yeah, well... Some of that's great, right? I, the 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 shelf life on a charlatan is significantly shorter than it used to be for those exact reasons, right? Like if you are acting badly, right, the malfeasance or or you know other other immoral or unethical things, um, that gets around pretty quick, and people will avoid you. I mean, and, and that's not a bad thing, right? Correct. Uh, there is some policing to it, yeah. Yeah, right. So so there's there's some positive aspects to that, but um, you know even things that shouldn't. Uh, shouldn't impact you. Like, uh, again, like maybe you're having a bad day. It's a one-off situation that can still haunt you, right? That may not be your personality, but if that's the reputation that you have with the one person that the contact you need to make reaches out to, and they give them that feedback, like, no, I've talked to that guy. He's an asshole, right? Well, you're an asshole that day. And now forever in the mind of that person, right? And for everybody that they talk to that doesn't know you better. And so, yeah, it's so, so important to think beyond the moment. You know, when we were early in our career with startups.com, um, you know, we were, we we're small, like, like, like every other startup is when it first starts, and we couldn't pay much money. Um, and so most of the folks that were working here um, were getting paid little to no money, like most startups. Um, and I remember in the first few years when we were going out to hire people, um, they'd come in and interview. And they said, honestly, I really love the company. I, I love what you guys stand for. I love the vision, et cetera. But I heard you guys are really bad at paying. And, and think about that. Yeah. Those are the people that showed up for the interview and right, said that. Right. <laughs> right. So you got how many people, you know, heard the same thing and never even considered I- I- interviewing with us. I mean, kind of why would you? Um, but we heard it a lot. And we hadn't even been around that long. And we didn't even hire that many people. So like uh, the, the people that were spreading uh, that information, which to be fair, was true. Um, were actually people working here. <laughs> Right. But, and again, this is one of those things where, um, the people spreading it were necessarily trying to trash the organization. They were just being matter of fact, I, I work there, honest. but I don't get paid yeah. a lot of money. Um, right. but again, 
that's us you know, being smart enough at the time to zoom out and say, man, uh, if we can't continue to pay people well, we're going to be known as the, 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 the company that underpays everybody. And that's going to cost us significantly in trying to get you know, good talent. Yeah. At that point, you can't get good talent and you're going to overpay for, for bad talent because you're going to have trouble getting anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, another thing that happened is uh, we went out and we did you know, all of those startup acquisitions. Uh, you know, we, we bought six companies. And then, you know, we started to get a reputation where people were like, well, hey, if you've got a company for sale, call startups.com. <laughs> the grand acquisitors. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and so all of a sudden we start getting all these calls from everybody and their brother that wants to sell us their company, which is wonderful, sort of, but that's not what we were trying to do. My point though, dude, I got, I got an email once from a guy who said, I have this idea for a startup and then wanted to know, is that the kind of thing that you guys would buy? Apparently <laughs> like, we had a lot of money. We didn't know what to do this with. thing <laughs> and you're trying to sell me, you're trying to sell me something you haven't even built oh, yet. Amazing. Holy shit. That was a first for me. I liked that one. Uh, at its core, my point is every activity, everything that you do uh, resonates publicly and it defines you as an individual and as a company. I think collectively, if we just zoom out a bit and we think about um, how reputations get built, how valuable those reputations are, how it you know, can open and close doors for us, we, we start to say, man, every single thing that we do needs to really be considered, not just for the impact right now, but the long-term impact, the parts that we can't quite quantify yet. But if we're serious about our reputation, we need to get really serious about those outcomes. Yeah, for sure. You know, it's, it's dance as though no one is watching, sing as though no one can hear you, but founder, like the whole world is scrutinizing every little thing you're doing. <laughs> Sadly, that's the reality. Yep. Again, if you're programmer number 42,000 at Google, no one gives a shit what you do. Right. Right. But if you're Sergey Brin, <laughs> yep, they're watching. You know, those decisions, you're paying attention. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to, to, to be fair, the amplification of our decisions um, are, are are such a big reason why what we do, even the little things in our minds as founders, are so incredibly important. Um, because the moment we become founders, all those things that we could have gotten away with or maybe didn't have a lot of impact uh, under the auspices of a giant company have all the impact in the world. You know, every single founder that I know, um, I know as either a successful founder, a failed founder, or somewhere in between. And you're saying, well, that's the whole spectrum. But that's the point. Yeah, exactly. No matter what, everyone got a brand. Yep. Right? Whether it's a good brand or a bad brand, everyone got one. Now think of how many people you know that are just employees of companies. Do you really know whether they're successful or not? Like, I mean, you know, maybe they sort of have a good job, bad job, but but it's not as nearly as quantifiable as the success or failure of a company, right? You could be a, a crappy programmer and maybe get crappy jobs, but you're still a programmer. If you're a crappy founder, you put everyone out of work. <laughs> you lost <laughs> investors' money. It is very yeah, clear that very you different. failed. Yeah, it's, it's an unavoidable measuring stick, right? The, the minute you declare founder, you're going to be measured as a founder, right? People don't have a way to measure other employees, other like we find ways of measuring other people, right? Like, he's, you know, he's, he's fun at parties or, you know, she's an excellent golfer, whatever it is, right? We have these other, you know, these other ways in which we characterize or rank people for better, for worse. We do this, um, but founder is unavoidable, right? You will be measured on your capability as a founder once you declare you're a founder, right? No way around it. And there will be a reputation Correct. attached to that. 
and in, in, in the bigger piece of it too is that your startup starts to define your reputation, whether or not you deliberately created that outcome or not. In other words, um, Elon Musk takes credit for every positive thing that happens at like you know Tesla, SpaceX, boring company, et cetera, which so be it. But he's clearly not behind all of that. Like you, you couldn't possibly be in that many places at the same time. Oh, maybe he can. Yeah. <laughs> if some of the rumors are true, yes. <laughs> but conversely, if it goes south, um, you know, the 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 outcome of the company becomes your reputation, right? So if, if the company has takes a, a serious fall, that's t- attached to you. The folks that work there, again, it's kind of a resume item. It's not a reputation item. Take WeWork. WeWork has a massive downfall. Does anybody talk about the reputational impact it had for employee 950? No. They talk specifically about one person and the impact it has with him. Um, And so we have to recognize that when we're in the startup business, that our reputations are not only so critical, they're really impacted at so many levels by so many moving parts. And and it's it's tough to manage and it's even harder if you don't recognize uh, that people aren't nearly as forgiving as, as you think they'd be. That's a wrap for this episode of the Startup Therapy Podcast. This is Ryan Rutan on behalf of my partner, Will Schroeder, and all the Startups.com family thanking you for joining us. And we hope you'll continue to join us. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment on iTunes or wherever you love to listen to Startup Therapy. You can find all of our episodes at startups.com slash podcast. If you're looking for more amazing resources to launch or grow your startup, be sure to head to startups.com and check out Startups Unlimited. It's everything we have to offer, from our online university to our amazing community of experts and founders, and even all the tools we've built like BizPlan, Fundable, and LaunchRock. It's everything a founder needs. Visit startups.com slash begin. That's startups.com slash B-E-G-I-N. You'll thank me later.